Welcome everyone back to the Sanderlanch. This week we are doing, so we're starting a new book. We're doing The Alloy of Law, first of the Wax and Wayne series. I think that's what it's called. I'm pretty sure Data mentioned that a while ago. We are doing the prologue and chapter one. In these chapters, we meet Wax, who seems to be a lawman, sort of bounty hunter type out out in the Old West. He and his crew, including his girlfriend, Lessie, are hunting down a target named Bloody Tan, and it ends horribly. And then sometime later, it picks up. Wax is back in the city, and he's meant to be the the scion of a noble house, and he really isn't interested in that, and he's just doing whatever he can to get away from those responsibilities. (laughs) So, I'm Dak, and with me, as always, is... Jamie. Joe. And Dita. Always fun to start a new book. Let's get into it. The Santa Lanch is about to begin. The streets spin shimmers and the walls they curl. The grip of greed, it rains. There's just one track to lead this moving train. So yeah, new new book, new quadrilogy, I guess we're starting. Not a new planet, though. We're back on Skadrial. And, uh, new, new. Yeah, new, <laughs> exactly. But uh, for anyone who's interested, the song this week is Miracle of Sound called Through Life and Loss. It's based on Final Fantasy VII Remake. And so what did you guys think of these first two chapters of Mistborn Era 2, or as Dak said, it is sometimes known as the Wax and Wayne books? Man, I gotta tell you, this prologue scratched a really good itch for me. Like, I have always loved Westerns. Yeah, I've been, I've been devouring them for at least the, for the better part of a decade. It's like even like some of the older, shittier ones, like the old spaghetti Westerns and stuff. Uh, and that prologue, oh, chef's kiss, loved it was exactly exactly what i wanted out of the story and i vaguely recall someone said it's not like that for the rest of the book so i'm just like well i'll take this one and i'll i I will love it um (laughs) and uh yeah and then the like like chapter one is like it it was it was fine but i'm just like oh man like that the prologue did something really new and different and uh, i guess it is fun to see like the different powers and everything but the the chapter one did seem a bit like uh, it's more like you know political courtly intrigue just in sort of an updated setting so, and which we have seen a lot of before in the Mistborn trilogy so it's like uh, it's not bad but i'm like oh man after that prologue it was just kind of a oh do you want to see some some more gunplay and hunting down uh lawbreakers or whatever i mean the, yeah the idea of a full-fledged western set in this world with these powers like and and just seeing the potential fully realized in that prologue was just fascinating to me. And like I don't want to, I don't want to leave it behind. I'm just like no, let's get more of that. Come on. <laughs> but oh well, story's got a story. Yeah, gotta have some kind of something happening. But yeah. uh, we'll we'll have to see whether we get any more of uh, that flavor or if it's more uh, some other stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I liked these chapters. I agree with Jack. The prologue was really good. 
I, it was really easy to visualize what was going on. I just thought it was really quite well written and descriptive and it was a good kind of introduction, I guess. It, it, I mean, if you hadn't read Mistborn, I think you're kind of missing out, but it would be descriptive enough, I think, to pick up and go, oh, what's, what's all this? What's Alamancy? What's this? But it wasn't like being spoon-fed. We weren't being reintroduced for the first time. It was kind of some assumed knowledge, which I liked. When I sort of read the first couple of pages, I was like, oh, God, we're going to have to go through all of this again, like telling me how you push on metals and all this sort of stuff. But it once I got through those first couple of pages, I was like, oh, no, this is actually fine to read. And, yeah, the Western setting was really creative. I actually thought throwing in guns was really interesting from the metal point of view and what you could do with that. I love the idea of the twin-born thing. I think that's so cool and what you'd be able to do with all these different combinations. I'm so looking forward to see what what happens with all of those. Yeah, he's kind of got a bit of a tragic story, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, no that, joke. When he's walking through the gallery and there's like all these bodies everywhere, I was like, ooh, a good murder mystery. I'm kind of sad the murder mystery is a bit over, but wow, that was that was quite a story, quite an event. I I mean, I don't know what's coming in the books, but I don't know that our time in the Western world is over. We've still got to meet Wayne and he sounds like a bit of a character. I like his lines about the, the horse get, can belch in musical notes. That's I think this guy can tell a, quite a tale. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of excited to to meet him. And my impression was that he was back in the Western kind of world. So I hope we'll go back. It sounds like a really cool, cool thing. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of sort of familiar and what we already know in an updated setting. But I think it's going to be really cool to see what we do with the updated technology and the advancement in the cities with more metal around as well and the the twin borns and so I'm I'm really excited to see what comes. It's enough it's, it's enough of the familiar and and throwing in all the names, you know, Demu Promenade and the different house names and Ellendale. I'm like, oh, oh, oh little tea. I know those people. people we know. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes next. But you know, it's it's obviously it's early days. I can't jump in and go, oh my God, I love this book so far. Like it's very early, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm glad you brought up the Twinborn thing because that was something I was going to see what y'all thought because it's just – it really does open this – we've never seen someone with just one ferrochemy power to start with. Like all the ferrochemists are always – had all the powers. So just mm. the like ridiculous number of possible combinations there are now with like 16 of one and 16 of the other and mixing and matching and stuff. It's just – it opens up a whole new door. And then there's – I was telling Joe that there's a whole new set of names for stuff. It's like not only – do we have di- yeah. the different names for the mistings? But now each of the other, the ferrochemical powers gets a name. So I think he called, he says he was, he calls it skimming or something in this section, but what his does. Yeah. But just the whole, like the whole, what I, what I really like is we put, they put so much into being able to push and pull in the last trilogy. And that it was so much about whether you were lighter than it or you were heavier than it. And now the, just, the idea that you can manipulate your weight to do that as well. That's so mm-hmm. cool. I just, I would not have even thought about being able to combine those. Like I knew you could, well, obviously we knew that there were alamances that had ferrochemical ability with, actually, you know, that Marsh had ferrochemical ability, didn't he, in the spikes? 
Yeah, I think yes. Yeah, and at Lord least Ruler some did. of the Inquisitors did, and definitely Lord Ruler. Yeah. But I ne- I don't think we ever saw them use them together. It was like you could do that and you could do that, but I just it never occurred to me to sort of mush them together. That's really cool. Hmm. Yeah, it never occurred to them either. Well, <laughs> we know that the Lord Ruler. That's how he lived so long was through like the combination of the two. Because of what he was doing to like store age and then burn it with Alamancy to get the oh, age yeah. back or whatever. So, but yeah, I think beyond that, we never really saw much of like the mixing. Yeah. Wizards aren't so great at thinking outside the box. <laughs> well, you put a couple of spikes in the brain, surely you're going to lose some brain power. <laughs> well, and then Ruin was controlling them all after the Lord Ruler was gone. So maybe he's just the one that wasn't that creative. That's true. Yeah, so Prologue is good. It was kind of sad. Yeah. You know, got to have a gut punch at the beginning. The only the only thing I'd say I don't like is the time skips. I noticed, you know, I didn't read it, but I noticed there's six months between the chapter we just read and the next one. So that I'm not wild about because um, I'm just not I don't like I don't like time skipping as a like thing in books. I just don't enjoy that. It's like if you to me, it's like if you wanted to tell a certain story over a certain period of time, then I, I don't know. It just seems like there's a more creative way to do that than just say five months later, six months later. So wasn't also the wasn't, first chapter only just started with a time skip, so Right, yep. exactly. Like it's a prologue five months later and then first chapter and then six months later I saw it at the beginning of the second chapter. So But uh but no, I liked uh the Western angle. There's a lot of interesting things. I took a I actually spent a good amount of time looking at the map before I actually started reading and you know, I saw Ellendell and then uh, the Demu Promenade just made me laugh because I'm like, okay, really? And then, <laughs> uh, and then there's also a town near Ellendale or a village or something called Vin something. So yep. I thought that was kind of cool. And then also it seems they call Sazed Harmony, which is cool. And also this guy is apparently a descendant of Breeze because he's Waxillium Ladrian. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was wondering if anyone was going to pick up on the Ladrian thing. Yeah, I yeah. definitely, when I read it, I was like, oh, Waxillium Ladrian. He's, that Ladrian's definitely somebody we know. And then I remembered that it was Breeze. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. And um, and he was at, like, the set mansion during the party, so that was cool, too. And so, yeah, Meow Meow had kids. Yeah, yeah apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I there was just a lot of little tidbits like that that I really appreciated. The I think I had talked about the possibility of somebody having ferrochemy and mistborn or uh alamancy powers in the last books that we read but i mean we obviously found out that there were people that had that like the lord ruler and then yeah later the inquisitors since they were given more powers by ruin but yeah so that was that was cool very um very interesting interesting that he's born with it surprising to me that the, the mistborn trait is lost apparently it's like now legend so that's uh yeah i'm excited to kind of see where this is going but uh, yeah, I kind of wish we were, and and maybe it'll go this way in the book. But I kind of wish Waxillium was like still a bounty hunter out in the West wilds. Like that sounds more interesting. <laughs> um, but but you know, we've only just started, so maybe some interesting things will unfold here. But yeah, I really liked all of the gun gun play slash uh, manipulation for uh, the Alamancy stuff and making himself lighter and heavier. It's really cool. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, excited to see where this goes. It is interesting that it's only like a couple hundred years or 300 years or something. And like the Mistborn has like the powers become so diluted that no one is Mistborn anymore. But it could be to do with the fact that it's like you no longer have like all of the nobles having to intermarry and not allowed to like have children with Ska or whatever. So it dilutes faster. Right. 
Yeah. Also interesting to me that the mist is still a thing. Mm-hmm. But I but I guess it has to be in order for people to become to like for their power to unlock the elements of power. It's Maybe not as frequent. Maybe say is just like the mist. He's like, okay, I'm gonna put them back. <laughs> Every once in a while, here you go, have some mist. <laughs> yeah, not all the time. Says finally makes. Says finally makes. Um, oh my god, who's your buddy, Joe? What's what's his name? Spook. Spook. My buddy. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the guy I hate? Because it's definitely not yeah. my buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know your old mate. Um. Yeah. <laughs> god, that's probably the most obvious thing I've ever said. Um. <laughs> your old mate. Old mate. <laughs> old mate. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're oh, that's, 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 Cognitive realm. Yeah. Well, I know hang on. Did you say Spook, did you say Spook had descendants? Did uh, I say Spook had descendants? Uh, yeah. Oh, da- no, I you think mean data. Did, yeah, I mean, data. We had news like, that he possible. would procreate. Yeah, you told yeah, us. You told us he made it with like a he lot hooked of up women. with heaps of chicks. Oh, because yeah, 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 yeah. Brandon said he was like a player or whatever. Yeah, okay. Right. And that's true. Plenty of spawn so, or like, whatever. I'm just, I'm just wondering, it's like, you know, if if Spook had kids, like, did, did. Did he have to will Kelsia to them or something? It's like, I die, so someone else has to deal with this <laughs> asshole now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I think I think we talked about this, because didn't we talk about, like, a whole group, a whole family that only talked in spook talk? <laughs> oh. That sounds familiar to me. I don't yeah, remember, that, but it could be. It's possible. Oh, I don't, I'm, we're not even going to get into it. We're not, we're not doing spook talk. <laughs> no one wants to go there. <clears throat> Wasn't with the why not? <laughs> we could do a segment of spook talk every now and again, I reckon. Oh, <laughs> uh, that it would be funny for like five seconds, and then people would be like, "Okay, stop now." Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess let's get into the thing. I was I wanted to start out looking at the map since uh, and which Joe was talking about because there are some interesting things on this map and. Uh, if you, the whole section in the the main part of the map is called the Ellendell Basin, so it's like this big area with surrounded by mountains, kind of circular, called the Ellendell Basin. Which down in the middle, there's the city of Ellendell, so named after our good friend, clearly. And the Ellendell sits on the Sea of Yomond, so Yomond gets this sea named after him, I guess. And then, as Joe said, there's a city called it's called Vindiel Camu. I don't know exactly what that's all about, but uh, and just south of there is a city called Doxinar. So Doxin gets his own city to be remembered. Uh, there's also a city called Rashikin. So Rashat got a city named after him. Oh, what? I see. I read Rashikin, but oh. I, did not, I did not connect it. Yeah, and I read the Doxin, Dox, Doxcar or whatever. Boxcar, right, right, whatever. Um, <laughs> Boxcar. So this, you the, think Spook did that? He's like, let's name this Rashikin, and they're like, wait, why? Exactly. That's, Why would you? Uh, and he's like, you know, no else, the Lord ruler. No one else knows that is. He tried to save the world, kind of. Well, I mean, for all we know, Yeoman was still worshiping the Lord ruler, like after the world was remade, because he was very oh, much of true. the church. So he could have like founded Rashikin or something. I'd like to that's, that's that what, 
they're 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 dividing this all up. He's insisting upon this, and it's like fine. But if we do this, you don't get a city; you get a C instead. Also, there's a city called Allendale, which is just Allendale with an A instead of an E, and I feel like that's got to be confusing. I was wondering if it was yeah, just like Alendi, but I don't oh, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That makes this is sense. A secret brother Allen, though. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen and his brother Allen. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the, the head the headbutt of doom. Yeah, he was the only one that survived like the culling of all the Straff children. <laughs> yeah. It's and like then... I, Alan, will carry on the venture name in my brother's death. <laughs> and like, we don't like you as much. Breeze at Habit is like, who this guy? Who this <laughs> New phone, who this? Uh and so, but then when you get outside the mountains, you you move into the roughs, and up in the northern roughs, like in the top left, you can see Weathering, which is the city that Wax mentions that he kind of hangs out in when uh, working out there. So he's kind of far removed from everything. You can even tell there's like not a lot of tr- ways to get out there. There's like this one thing that looks like uh, the road or rail line or whatever goes through to get through the mountains. So it would be very isolated. All these cities out here, I guess. There's also a city out here called True Madil. Does that mean yep. there's a city called False Madil out there somewhere? One would wonder, right? Exactly. Like, why is it true? I don't know. Who's Madil? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, there's also a Feltral. So maybe the out here under Weathering, maybe that's named after our friend Felt from uh, the previous books. Yeah, oh, maybe so. Him. Or it's named after Tom Felton because they're big fans. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the very top, there is the Tyrian Sea. Which, if you go back and look at the Final Empire map, Final Empire mm. map, there is they were good friends with a Tyrion Lake Lannister. Tyrion, I believe. Mm. That's right. And so, people have like tried to superimpose like the new map somewhere on the old one, even though he may have, you know, <laughs> Saves may have just rearranged everything. But they're like, okay, so I think this place is right here, and actually, the the, ge- the geography does kind of fit. Uh, the the shoreline and stuff. There's a little piece in the south of the Final Empire that looks just like the little hook here around the south mm. of Ellendale. So people think they figured out where that is. But it's just another little fun fact about the map. And then the next map is of the city of Ellendale, which is really well laid out, it seems like. You got Hammondar Bay, so Hammond gets a bay. And then it's divided into eight like pie slices called octants. And there's Demu Promenade and Set Mansion. And you can see a little note in the bottom right of the map from Naz saying, my friend, annotated with locations as per your instructions. I notice there's a Yeoman Manor here yep. as well. Set Mansion, Yeoman Manor, Tekiel Tower. Tekiel was one of the families in the Final Empire, like the noble families. So Demu Promenade and Ladrian Mansion. So our friend hangs out in the fourth octant. And then you see the very center, there's a big circular thing called the field of rebirth so just interesting little notes about the there's underground railways there's railways there's stations and farms and parks and roads it's just a very well laid out city i like uh the way that it was constructed and the canals very convenient so okay enough about maps that uh, people can't even see uh, hang on just before we do that it says it's like from an actual survey i'm like Again, like an actual survey. What the hell does that mean? Is that were there all these like black market surveys going on? <laughs> There's yeah, just people know, drawing but, it from like memory. Like I think this is what it looks like. Yeah, and there are people you know just drawing maps on them in the alleyways. Be like, hey man, 
you need to know your way around. <laughs> it's also in Miles Square, and I'm, I can't on mine the scale is really small, so I can't read it very well to tell how big this city is. But it's not small. It's the impression that I'm given. Yeah, no, it's a fairly big city. Oh yeah, so we're we're into the prologue, where Wax, Waxillium Ladrian, but call him Wax because that's way easier to say. He's crawling through the dirt out in this uh, this abandoned town, basically with his uh, Sterian 36. Apparently, it's a very nice gun. There's a whole paragraph about how awesome this revolver is. And he's looking around. He's burning steel. So we find out very quickly that he's an Alamancer who can push on things because that was steel powers pushing. And like Jamie said, we get kind of a brief review. It's like, so when he pushes on stuff, it has to do with whether his weight is more or the way the thing he's pushing on is more, depending on what moves. Well, you know, stuff that we know. But if you're picking up this book for the first time, it's kind of important that uh, you would know this stuff. But he also has a new trick that we have not seen before. Where he can kind of create like a steel pushing bubble around himself to keep uh, doesn't keep everything out necessarily, but it, he says that bullets will kind of deflect hitting the bubble, so it, it has saved his life before. That's a fun yeah, that's trick. That's cool, cool trick. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And he's like, I don't even know how to do it. I probably couldn't teach anyone else to do this. It's just like an instinctive thing that I figured out how to do. It's kind of like Vin and her 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 horseshoe trick that Ellen could never get down. So it is a dead town. It had been a Feltral, so that's where we are, uh, had once been a prosperous town, and then 20 years back, a clan of Koloss had taken up residence, and things had not gone well. So, hey, the Koloss are still around. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah I was very... things you probably wanted to come back. <laughs> yeah, I was very confused about that. I was like, Says, what, what's your deal, man? That's kind of messed up. <laughs> well, some of the Koloss were still in the tunnels when the world changed or whatever, so... Uh, I mean, you know, I guess. Sure. Well, do you slaughter them that'd be mean they will have their legends of the one named human (laughs) exactly surely they're not making more coloss see that's the question huh because they don't live that long because don't they just grow until their hearts give out yep so uh who's doing (laughs) this Maybe Say's changed how they worked. I mean, he changed the humans because the humans had been changed by the True. Lord Ruler to, like, be able to survive in this horrible environment, and he changed them back. So maybe he did something to the Kolos. Who knows? I mean, yeah, he didn't change them if, back. Yeah, if you were going to do something, you'd change them back. Yeah, okay, fair point. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, why is the reach of the cave too far for Say's? I don't understand that. Well, no, but that's just, like, he preserved the... When you read the end, when he's remaking the world, he, like, preserves all the things in the cave and kind of, like, he doesn't like mess around in the caves he just moves them all into one place and everybody comes out although apparently he did change all the people in the caves so i guess he did stuff in there but yeah it doesn't make any sense don't try to don't try to logic your way out of this 300 years later and says just like well too late to fix anything about that now (laughs) but we also find out that out here in the in the roughs crawling around in the dirt wax wears a finely tailored suit Silver cravat, cufflinks on his fine white shirt. It's a, it's a very interesting uh, approach here. He's like, I, I'm dressed up as if I was going to attend a fine ball back in Elland, Ellendale. So they still have balls and stuff. Maybe we'll get to go to some of those. Everyone's favorite part of the previous books. Oh, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, I guess technically we did see part of one, but yeah. Oh, know, that's true, yeah. It is so, so fun. 
<laughs> Those balls. And he has a bowler hat to top off his ensemble. A bowler never felt Quite like the little. dressiest of hats to me, but okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. I just like uh, I just like that our main character dresses nicely and uh, takes pride in looking good, even out here in the middle of nowhere in the dirt. You know. It's like my character in D&D. Sure. <laughs> no, but nobody's going to know that, but sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. He dresses like Dutch in Red Dead 2. Mm. Hey, that's funny. Joe was playing Red Dead 2 when we uh, before we started recording. He may still be falling up. That's true. No, I'm not still playing it. But, uh, yeah, that's true. I, uh, I uh, wow, I can't even use my brain right now. <laughs> I never finished it, so that's why I'm playing it, because I never finished it. I've had it since it came oh, out. Really? I, know. I never finished it. Nah, there's too much other side stuff to do. I got sidetracked. Yeah, I'm playing Bird for the second time again. I love that game. I I should see if I get I could I could uh, buy the outfits and dress my character up like wax. Yeah, see, there you go. I bought Red Dead Two, or maybe I got it for Christmas or something one year. Never have had time to actually play it. And I suppose I could be doing it right now, except I started playing my way through the Uncharted games again, and I'm towards the back half of Uncharted 2, so uh, maybe after that. There's a bunch of games like that, though. I never started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I never started playing uh, the the fourth Arkham game, the one with the car. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have that. Never started uh, it. It's, it's, I, I wouldn't consider it the fourth, because it's not the same as, like, that third one's an aberration, man. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, I need to I need to get into doing some of that at some point. But I discovered all these PS4 games that you can put onto your PS5 and uh, even upgrade stuff about. So I was like, well, I want to play these. Uh, anyway, sorry, back to Wax. He's uh, he there's a gunshot. He pushes himself down. His steel bubble makes a bullet zip past his ear, and he takes a shot at a guy hiding behind the hotel sign. And uses his steel power to push it harder than it would normally go to send it through the sign and into the guy behind it, causing him to die and drop his gun down off the balcony. So see, this is already. Like, th- yeah, this is like, cool. This is a Western with the magic powers. This is exactly what I wanted out of this. That, like, that was just a brilliant. As soon as he did that move, I'm just like, I am all in on this right now. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's exactly the kind of thing that we're imagining when it's like Mistborn and bullets. It's like, come on, this is, this is what we got. Yeah. Then he hears another shot, and he pushes himself down into the dirt reflexively, but he knows it's too late. It says, if by the time you hear the shot, it's too late for pushing to help you get out of the way. Fortunately, that shot was not taken at him. A woman shot somebody else who was hiding up there in on top of a building. She wore a white duster reddened at the bottom dark hair pulled back trousers belt boots lessy it says and she's like you knock yourself to the ground again you've got more dust on your face than miles has scowls maybe it's time for you to retire old man and she's like he's like i'm three months older than you she's like well it's a long three months i love i love their interactions they're great so yes they're out here looking for bloody tan okay that's a that's a name i guess yeah, Jamie was telling me before, like, with an Aussie twang, it sounds a bit different. <laughs> okay. It's just, just like, you don't read it as just, bloody tan. I was like, bloody tan. <laughs> bloody tan. <laughs> that guy, That's bloody good. tan. I like that. <laughs> this is a new curse. Bloody tan. 
But apparently this guy likes to use a knife. It says that he doesn't like having to use a gun. He he laments when he has to use a gun. He wants to be able to see the fear in their eyes when he kills them. So that's this is a nice dude. Yeah, seems like a real winner. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's got a letter that she kind of takes a glance at, tucked into his pocket, addressed to Lord Waxilium Ladrian. Uh, and he's like, uh, she doesn't need to worry about that. House Ladrian will have to get along without me. And apparently, the guy that she shot had a bow with stone arrowheads, so uh, he was he, that guy came prepared for uh, shooting an Alamancer to death. So see, there's a whole new even angle to it, where it's not just the stuff that the Alamancers can now do with guns, but it's like the stuff that you have to do to avoid giving the Alamancer an advantage. So you still got people using like crossbows and stone arrows just to avoid uh, in case you run into an Alamancer. You don't want them pushing your gun out of your hand in the middle of a gunfight. Yeah, deploy countermeasures. Yeah, although I don't want to be that guy. Like in a normal fight, if there's not an Alamancer around, you're the guy with the the crossbow just in case an Alamancer shows up. I'm be like, you guys go ahead, I'll hang back here. Because would it be a crossbow? Like, Wouldn't that have have like a metal wire to fire it? Uh, maybe not necessarily. I don't know what kind of wires they use. Hmm. Did this guy have? Am I misremembering that? Do you just have a regular bow? I have to see. She said a bow, so maybe it wasn't even a crossbow. Maybe it was just a bow. Say, so you're the guy with the bow and arrow while everyone else is shooting guns. Um, I'm, I'm like, no, I'll I'll hang out back here. Let me know if uh, if an Alamancer starts killing you guys, and I'll show. I'll, I'll come in. <laughs> and then uh, unless he makes – he says, cover me, and she's like, oh, with what? And there's this whole thing, and he just raises an eyebrow at her. And she's like, I'm sorry. I've been playing cards with Wayne too much. <laughs> So, yeah, we get a couple references to Wayne, like Jamie mentions, and it's just like, I want to I meet Wayne now, which, since we know that it's called the Wax and Wayne books, uh, probably he shows up at some point, right? I mean, maybe, or else it's just the biggest tease ever. <laughs> that would be hilarious. He's, he's just, he just waxes pen pal throughout the whole thing. He's waxes imaginary friend. He never actually existed in the first place. <laughs> so it's a guy, Wax goes over to look at the guy, and it's from a guy from Donald's crew. And she's like, bastards, they couldn't just leave it to us. And he's like, well, you did shoot his son, Lessie. She's like, well, you shot his brother. And he's like, well, mine was self-defense. Mine was too. The kid was annoying. Besides, he survived. Just, just it's it's a real shame that, uh, spoilers, she gets shot in the head here in a minute and dies because she's so much yeah. fun. She is. She's a lot of fun. I was bummed out. Oh, yeah. That, that dynamic is great. So apparently she shot one of the guy's toes off. She's like, you don't need 10. I have a cousin with four. She does just fine. Of course, she does look kind of ridiculous. Also, oh. also, she's so she's so nice. Uh, and Wax thinks Harmony. I love that woman. So if Joe is right and that's the name of Sazed now, then uh, I mean it's got to be. It makes the most sense. Oh I mean, yeah, it seems reasonable since he he's not ruin or preservation. He's these two opposites. Yeah, at the same time. One. Mm-hmm. Army would make sense. You're right. Yeah, I am. Don't, don't <laughs> at me, bro. It's weird that they. I, 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 maybe he gave himself that name if that's him. Like as opposed to, like they don't just call him Says. They're like, oh no, that's Harmony. Uh, you know, Harmony. He's like, hey, everybody, call me by my new name, please. You might call me Ishmael. Nope, different book. <laughs> <laughs> And so Wax reviews like, yeah, he shot Donald's brother. The guy had been robbing a railway car at the time. <laughs> yeah, so, as you do. 
But Donald didn't really care about his brother. He just cared about losing money. He put a price on Bloody Tan's head for stealing a shipment of his bendaloy. Which, there's a word. Is that a... Bend alloy? Yeah, that's a... So, that is the commercial... Bendaloy is the commercial name for a metal also known as Wood's Metal, or Lipowitz's alloy. Lipowitz. Uh, Used for soldering and making custom metal parts, but toxic to touch or breathe. Made from uh, bismuth, lead, tin, and cadmium. There you go. It is an actual metal. (laughs) Just not one that I had heard of before. Okay. So, is that one of our new metals? Why is it so valuable, this shipment? Or maybe it's just valuable because it's rare. Who knows? Because we know that there's some new metals coming into these books that we want to see what they do. But uh, apparently Donald doesn't put a price out in his head, doesn't want to actually have to pay it. So he sent his people to come and get tanned themselves. Uh, and just also his people are have orders to shoot wax and lessee if they ever see them. So that's just uh, they don't get along. And Wax is like, I mean, I could just leave this town and let uh, the, these two guys that I hate go at it. But no, I promised to bring Tan in, so that that's that. Too much dedication, dude. You should just left. Yeah, probably would have been better for, you know, your wife. So they split up. Wax going one way, Leslie going the other way. He says he's going to try to hook up with Wayne and Barl, who've gone to check the other side of town. And so I'm just going to say, Barl, that's not a, that doesn't sound like a pleasant word, so I would hate <laughs> to have that name. <laughs> right? It sounds like Barley, I guess. Yeah. Or just Carl. Hey, it's Carl, our friend Carl from before. Yeah, okay. His name was Carl, Aww, but we called him Carl. Back. So yeah. <laughs> Good old Carl. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Carl and his wife, whose name I forget. Karen. Oh, yeah. No, that's not, yeah. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so Wax goes to start looking through stuff, and he finds... Uh, the entrance to an old, it says an old cold cellar. I think maybe that's supposed to be coal cellar. I don't know. Yeah. Unless there's there's a cellar to keep things cold. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Could be. It would make sense because they're pretty well, those people are pretty well preserved in there. Yeah, right. So maybe it is a lot colder down there. So he drops a bullet down the hole and then uses his pushing power to go down there. And at the same time, this is where we find out about the twin born thing. He has iron metal mines which iron lets you store weight. So as he jumps down, he makes himself lighter so that it's easier to push on the thing and slow himself. So he has a, his alimantic power is still pushing and his ferrochemical power is called skimming. The ability to grow heavier or lighter, a powerful combination of talents. It's funny because you know, there's going to be some combinations that are just lame. So this one's a good one, I guess is what he's saying. I forget what, I forget what aluminum does, like, in ferrochemy, but if you're an aluminum alamancer and that's the only thing you got, then it kind of sucks. <laughs> because all that did was, like, take away all the other metals that you had when they made Vin burn it that one time. It's like, oh, hey, I can burn aluminum to do nothing. So, yeah, we don't we don't talk about those ones. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't talk about Bruno. It's fine. Uh, okay, keep going. He starts going down a tunnel that he's found down here, sees a light, and it turns out that uh, it was it's, it's, he thought it was a cellar. But as he goes further, he's like, oh, this is getting way too long to be a cellar. I guess maybe this is like a, a, bit, a piece of a mine or something. And he's, with his uh, steel, he sees some metal lines. There's metal up ahead, but it's not moving. So he gets closer, and he finds a corpse. 
a body hanging there. It seemed old. The eyes were gone from the skull and the skin pulled back against the bone. It didn't stink and wasn't bloated. It's Gjorman, the coachman who brought Malin to Weathering. That was his uniform, at least. He'd been one of Tan's first victims. That the disappearance which had sent Wax hunting him two months back. He's been mummified, prepared and dried like leather. Oh, that's nice. He's like, I used to go drinking with this guy. He was a card cheat, but an amiable enough fellow. And uh, he's been hung up here in a pose. His arms out to the side, his head cocked. So it's just creepy and weird. And he sees another light in the distance. And as he approaches, it's another corpse. This one hanging sideways. Anarel, a visiting geologist who had vanished soon after Gjorman. She'd also been dried with her body spiked to the wall in a pose as if she were on her knees inspecting a pile of rocks. This goes on with the spikes. Yeah, right. This goes on for another six corpses. So there's eight more. There's eight dead guys down here arranged in various poses. One in a chair, another strung up like it was flying. And as you keep going, they get fresher and fresher, which that's nice. Rust and ruin. He thinks this isn't Bloody Tan's lair. It's his gallery. I like rust as a curse in a like society that views metal as being very important. Yeah, that's a cool touch. <laughs> very cool. And of course, ruin. That's just that. That's a good curse anyway. Uh, he wasn't a nice guy. Can't, no. Can't forget that guy. <laughs> I guess I just wonder how widespread that story has become. Right. Story of ruin and preservation. Yeah, is it uh, is it just like a legend or is it is there something? I mean, was it like yeah. did Spook just come out and talk about it like you know <laughs> later on and tell everyone all this story? Well, he did, but now I'm gonna understand what the hell he was saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I think if I remember correctly, the annotations in that last in the Hero of Ages where it talks about like all the magic and blah blah blah. I think that is. It turns out that's the book that Spook picks up at the end and he finds like a big pile of books and he starts looking at one because it's like a book that's like telling the story. And there's the bit at the end where it's like, oh, and I turned you into a Mistborn. So maybe it's maybe it's actually a book. <laughs> he published it. <laughs> Just, yeah, let's, let's get a bunch of copies of this out there. Well, I guess it tells the story of like the, you know, the creation of the planet and everything. So technically it's the Bible. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. A Bible literally written by God. How convenient. Yeah. He, uh, okay, so Wax finds a, a, a trap door leading up, and he goes up and finds himself in an old chapel to the survivor. So apparently they, uh, the, the survivor religion is still around. And then there's a voice, a creepy voice. Each life is a performance. We are not the performers. We are the puppets. And Wax is like, come out, Tan. And Tan whispers, I have seen God, Lawkeeper. I have seen death himself with the nails in his eyes. I have seen the survivor <gasps> who is life. So death has nails in his eyes and the survivor is life. Okay. Sounds familiar to me. Oh, boy. He's seen death. Death has spikes. He's seen Marsh. Marsh yeah. is the Grim Reaper. Awesome. <laughs> that is actually pretty awesome. That's that's metal. <laughs> Uh, marsh Reaper. <laughs> that works, yeah, okay. He's that a Marsh like, Reaper. That just sounds like he goes to marshes and, like, kills things. <laughs> I mean... Everyone needs a hobby. Why wouldn't you be? Oh, God. <laughs> of all the things he could be doing, that's probably one of the better ones. 
I see death. He was hanging out in the swabs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's living he's riding in a... an alligator. <laughs> uh, he lives in Australia. Got it. No, wait, those are crocodiles. Sorry. Yeah. The whole discussion go, about riding the crocodile to work. That's what Marsh does, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe it's just the legend of like inquisitors have become like Grim Reaper, you know, fodder because they're fucked up and evil. Look, that's possible. But I am going to ride this Marshall Life <laughs> theory like I rode the volcano theory. Okay, that's fair. Or like, I just feel like why bring it up? Why put it in there if it's? Mm. He's definitely said I've seen death. So I don't know. I reckon we're going to see an Inquisitor. It's like if for whatever reason Tan has a spike, he could have seen a survivor. Mm, that's true too. Like like Spook did, so that's possible. So yeah, I. Anyway, yeah, to my to my point, I was like, I'm I'm either writing this like the volcano theory or like the um Orosaur is really is really the traitor <laughs> that Joe had because Joe's was right, mine was wrong, so it's gonna be one of the two. There you go, it's fifty fifty shot, right? It's either right or it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah stick to your guns. <laughs> What's it gonna be? Is this gonna be an Orosaur theory or a volcano theory, or both? Somehow, it'll turn out to be wrong and then turn out to be right. <laughs> Or it'll turn out to be right and then wrong. Like, they'll be like, oh, hey, look, it's Marsh. And then it turns out it's a different Inquisitor. And they're all back, and there's, like, 50 of them. Okay, then. Oh, God. Well, I mean, if the Colas are still around, if they're running mm-hmm. the same way, then spike magic is still a thing. Right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Tan continues to be creepy. He's like, other men wonder, but I know I'm a puppet. We all are. Did you like my show? I worked so hard to build it. Many men never get the chance to create true art. And the best performances are those which can never be reproduced. He says, by the end of the day, the rotting will begin. I couldn't truly mummify them. I hadn't the time or the resources. So you were the only one to see, only you. I figure we're all just puppets, you see. The Wax is the only one who gets to see the show. Yay, it was so great. But it's like, if they're going to start rotting, like, did he lure Wax out there to come see it? Or was mm. he, did he... Did he use like some sort of Adian power to see the future and saw someone coming through there? And uh, this it, is it's the question. Very coincidental. Yeah. I mean, I guess those other guys showed up that same day also to get him. So maybe one of them could have seen it if Wax hadn't been here. <laughs> he was just, he was just hoping he was just hoping someone would come through his tunnel. It's like oh, I don't know if anyone's coming. <laughs> He's just been sitting out there for so long. Like if someone had showed up yesterday, like for all we know, like it could have been like. He could have been waiting like a week since it was already. And he's like, oh, if somebody didn't come today, it's ruined. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he sees Tan going into the tub. Uh, not Tan. He sees Wax going to the tub. It's like, oh, thank God. Yes. Okay. Now I got to run to the end and get ready for my show. Or for my part of the show, rather. But uh, Wax circles the rubble and sees Tan standing there holding Lessie in front of him. Her mouth gagged. She's bleeding from the leg. She'd been shot and she'd lost a lot of blood. Because she was starting to grow pale. Tan has a garrote around her neck. And he's standing behind her. Slender man. Fine fingered. He'd been a mortician. Black hair thinning. Worn greased back in a new suit. That shone with blood. So this this guy just gets creepier and creepier by the moment. So of course he was a mortician. Right? Someone else moves us law man. And I like, I like the next bit where it's like. Look this happens to us a lot. Unless he actually thinks that this is an advantage. If they, if everyone didn't know we were a couple, then they just kill one of us instead of capturing us to use against the other. 
So this is what we want. And we do the same thing every time. Last time it had been like Lessie who, and I'd been, I'd been captured and she'd been the one who had to do the thing. So she blinks one, two, three, and he's sighting in on Tan. He's going to shoot him. He fires. And at that instant, Tan yanks Lessie to the side. Her head jerks back as his bullet takes her just above the right eye. Blood sprayed against the clay wall. She crumpled. And he's like, wait, no, that it, it can't. And Tan goes, the best performances are those that can only be performed once. And then Wax shoots him in the head, which, yeah, you would. Yeah, again, I just wonder, it's like, all right, maybe does this guy have some adium? Did he deliberately mm. like, use it for that? Just so, yeah, he saw Wax about to shoot. So then he got her killed. So, Especially yeah, I mean, being I, that close range, too. Right, yeah. exactly. Like, and he was behind her, so it's not like even if he knew about their secret blinking code, it's not like he could have seen her eyes blinking. So, yeah, it's weird. Maybe he's just that good at being evil. He killed all those other people. So then, as Joe says, we cut chapter one, five months later. Wax is at a big party. Everyone's dressed in suits and tailcoats with women in colorful dresses with narrow waists and lots of folds and long pleated skirts. Everyone calls him Lord Waxilium or Lord Ladrian, and he doesn't like it. He's not having fun at this place with the electric lights or, or apparently the talk of the city. These are new things that produce a steady too even light, he says, and he sees the mists outside. And so he just shoves open the, the double doors out and heads out onto the balcony so he can see the mists and get free of the crowd of people. And so this is where he lived when he was a kid, apparently. The grandest city in the world, a metropolis designed by Harmony himself, a place that had not been his home for 20 years. So after Lessie died, he left the roughs and moved back to the city, answering the desperate summons to do his duty to his house at his uncle's passing. So that's the letter we saw. His uncle died and the house needs a new head. And I guess Wax is next in line. And uh, the uh, the gunshot, he can still hear it says that he's still bothered by having killed his girlfriend or wife or whatever she was. Which, yeah, you, you probably would be. Yeah, it's like, okay, this guy needs therapy. Right? Seriously. So as, as someone mentioned, he's at Set Mansion. Very posh mansion. Oh, so posh. And from this vantage, he can see the lights down Demu Promenade. <laughs> Just keeps, uh, the hits keep on coming, guys. <laughs> yep. Hey, Demu was remembered with a promenade. It's nice. Yeah, everyone else gets cities and <laughs> oceans and bays, and Demo gets a street. Apparently yeah. it's a very big street, so, you know. Yeah, you know, it's a promenade. He's a soldier, you know, makes sense. <laughs> He's also an Adium misting, so might be an important guy. I don't know. They didn't really have any Adium afterwards, though, so I guess maybe his power wasn't super useful later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he could do the Adium, but, uh, you know, they don't need that. So we're getting a good look at the technological level here. Electric lights are new. They have they have trains. He's a railway engine. He hears chugging in the distance. Wax can see the Iron Spine Building and Techiel Tower, two huge buildings being constructed on either side of a canal across from each other. Rumors had it that they'd eventually top out at over 50 stories, but nobody knew which one would end up being taller. They're trying to outdo each other, I guess. I feel like it's a bad idea to make changes to how tall a building is while you're in the middle of constructing it but maybe that's just oh it absolutely is but having met some architects can tell you a hundred percent this is exactly the sort of bullshit they would do (laughs) good to know like 
you start building like a, a skyscraper and then somebody's like, I'm going to build a better one right across from you. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, fuck you. I'll make mine even better. It just keeps going back and forth. That's amazing. Yeah, I can just I can just Anything picture you can build. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I can picture the the, the the project meeting with all like the engineers and everyone who actually have to do the building. They're all just like, oh, for fuck's sake, not again. <laughs> We're adding five more stories on today, boys. Oh, damn it. Again. But Wax is used to buildings that are like like three stories high is about as tall as buildings get out in the roughs, apparently. Which is also how tall Set Mansion is. So, just, this is completely irrelevant, but, so Wax is Ladrian, so he's descended from Breeze, and he's in Set Mansion. So he'd be distantly related to the sets, yeah, because of Orion? Yeah, right. I mean, granted, it's like 300 years, Assuming they years, had children, but, together. Right, assuming it was Orion that had the right. Ladrian children. But yeah, one okay, would right. think. But yeah, you, you, you have to figure. Although maybe at this point, there, I don't know how many people were left at the end of the world. Everyone may be kind of related right <laughs> by now. Yeah. Also, that, that just made me picture Orion as a mother. I'm just like, oh, right. Worst mm-hmm. di- like Disney mother ever. <laughs> the lady. Surely she would have manipulated somebody into doing something about raising her children. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they may have been the rich ones uh, so they can just hire some people. It's fine. Telling her children the stories of how she was totally BFFs with God. <laughs> yeah, she totally would. Oh, my gosh. Lady Aving set comes out and is like, oh, come in. I want, there's people I want you to meet. And he's like, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll be along. I'm just getting a little air. She didn't know what to make of him. None of them did. Mysterious scion of the Ladrian family associated with strange stories of the realms beyond the mountains. The rest assumed he, him to be an uncultured rural buffoon, and he figured he was probably both of those things. <laughs> sure. So apparently he's supposed to be looking for a wife, it says, and everyone knows it because his uncle has left their house pretty much broke. And so finding a rich wife is the fastest way to get money back. Unfortunately, his uncle had also offended three quarters of the city's upper crust. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a shame. And he's still wearing his revolvers, but uh, they're very long revolvers and not meant for the underarm holsters he has them in, so it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> and he just can't stand the idea of going back into that crowded room and eventually says, fuck it, throws a spent bullet casing out and pushes himself off the balcony and down to the ground, manages to find his own coach. And so he pulls his mist coat out, which I think is a, a super cool garment sounding it's like a it's like a duster coat except the bottom half is like mist cloak with all the tassels hanging off it's like a compromise between the <laughs> mist cloak that Vin used to wear and like more modern garb you need to look up a picture of one of these right yeah oh, let's see if they if we got one out there mist coat oh well, there's lots of pictures of wax uh, like fan art of wax wearing uh, his mist coat so yeah that makes sense sick Although searching for mist coat uh, also just brings up a bunch of mist cloak pictures with Vin or Kelsey or so. Anyway, but yes, now I want one. I want a, I want a cool jacket. Th- uh, those things that get tangled up and knotted up though it would be a pain. I always thought that about the mist cloaks. I'm like that would get into so many knots, and then you'd spend like <laughs> half of every night like unknotting it before you left. It'd be like your your like electrical cord drawer or whatever, that, or oh, or Jesus. Christmas tree lights. So he starts. Imagine the, uh, imagine the dry cleaning bill having to untangle all these things. <laughs> so true. Dude, where do they have dry cleaning? I don't know how advanced that that's is technologically. Good, yeah, I mean that's a good question. I don't know. 
So. They do it uh, by hand, probably. Mm-hmm. One would one would assume. So he uh, he just kind of goes out into the night, jumping around on metal that's out there, uh, dashing across roof, rooftops, leaping off of stuff, throwing down shell casings to push off of, and at one point lands in a patch of decorative shrubs that catch onto his coat tassels. <laughs> He's like, damn it, nobody plants decorative shrubs in the roughs. So I'm not used to this. But the street is lined with those uh, nice new electric lamps encased in metal. So he can just use that as like a, a highway to push himself down. And people see him, but it's, he says, you know, coin shots are relatively rare. But Ellendale's a big city with lots of people. So I'm not the first guy these people seen cruising down the metal in the city. Coin shots often act as high-speed couriers in Ellendale. So that's cool. I want that job. I guess there's not as much call for murdering people anymore. Uh, so you don't nah, need for that. Not a lot of murdering going down, unfortunately. At least not like as a profession. Right. And so maybe as many as five million people live here. Nobody is apparently sure. Okay. That seems like the kind of thing you'd want to know about. Well, whatever. And it says that before he'd left weathering, it had been getting close to 10,000 people, and he thought that was too many. So it's not a small... I mean, it's not a big town or anything, but it's not like a tiny place either that he was taking care of out there. 10,000 is a decent number. For, well, for, for this world, where there's not that many towns in all. Yeah. And so he uses his power to start climbing one of these buildings that's being built out there, and we get this... Uh, we get the bits about Wayne, where it's like, Wayne claims that he memorized all the possible combination twin-born names, but he also claimed that he'd once stolen a horse that belched in perfect musical notes, so <laughs> one learned to take what he said with a pinch of copper. Uh, That's just so... such a pleasing statement. <laughs> it's just... it's hilarious. I loved it. You're like, I want to steal a horse that belches musical notes? That sounds yeah. fun. Why not? I mean, that's something I'd want to see, too. Mr. Red's less talented cousin. I also like that a pinch of copper is the phrase because it's like if you burn copper, it protects you from being affected by like mental allomancy. So it's it's like harder for people to trick you or whatever by manipulating your emotions. So that's instead of a grain of salt, it's a pinch of copper. I did not make that connection, but that's really cool, too. Just little fun. But apparently, uh, Wax's twin born is called a Crasher, which, okay, that's a fun name. Combination of Coin Shot and Skimmer. So not only do we have all the original Alliancer names like Coin Shot, we have now ferrochemical names like Skimmer for someone who uses mm. iron, and we have the combination names, such as Crasher. Yep, good old Crasher. Crasher, I hardly know her. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I would like being known as a Crasher. That sounds bad. No one would want to invite you to their parties. No. <laughs> I mean, my assumption on the name Crasher is that, you know, it's like you can you can push yourself and also make yourself really heavy so you can crash into things. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I'm just saying it doesn't sound like a nice thing. Yeah. But, yeah, he starts – he makes himself real light and starts shooting upwards through the night, through the wind, uh, climbing this under-construction skyscraper. About 20 stories up, it says, is him hitting the limit on pushing on the lamp on the street level. So that's that is pretty high up for one push. And he's he's grabbing hold of stuff to kind of help himself get further up, going up the side of the building. And I like that uh, as he starts to run out of metal, he has his uh, steel shaving suspended in whiskey. 
from Stegan's Still. And he's like, damn, I'm going to miss that when my stock runs up. Most Alamancers didn't use whiskey in their metal vials. Most Alamancers were missing out on a perfect opportunity. Uh, that's great. So, yes, he's climbing up and up. But, of course, you know, skyscrapers, as they go up, get thinner. So once he's getting uh, much higher up, it, he's also away from the building. But he can handle that because he's got a shotgun strapped uh, inside his coat. And so he just uh, he's he's real light. So he can just, you know, use the shotgun, the kick from the shotgun to push himself into the building. See, this is it's just all of these little uses, uh, little ways that Alamancy can work that uh, had never come up before. But every little bit is cool to me. And he's like, man, the decoration up, is, up here is really nice. But who do they think is going to see it? I guess people like you are going to see it is is the lesson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got to put all these decorations out in case the crasher ever comes wandering up here. <laughs> and then we find out that uh, there's a new contraption roaming the city, the uh, horseless carriage. So that's uh, yeah, we're we're developing technologically. It's uh, an interesting time for him. And I just like he's like, man, what, what these things are all weird vehicles that run on oil and grease, not hay and horseshoes. What's wrong with people? And then uh, once he once he's decided he's high enough and has contemplated the city, he's he's sitting up there brooding like Batman. He just pushes himself off into the night, lets himself fall, and when he starts getting too close to the ground, and could see that no one was below him, he points his shotgun at the ground and pulls the trigger to give himself uh, an anchor for pushing again. But, but thank also, God no one was there, right? Well, I mean, he says but, that he waited till he saw that no one was there. But yeah, if he didn't see but, that. But but if someone was there, what was he going to do? He's like, well, I guess I'll just keep falling then. Mm, that's a good point, actually. I mean, I guess he's also falling and moving sideways, so maybe he could just waited a few more seconds till he passed that person. Yeah, okay. And then he's like, oh, shit, I, ro- I ruined a paving stone with that shotgun blast. <laughs> Whoops. I need to learn more finesse. In the roughs, he'd been a refined gentleman. Here, he uh, didn't want to prove himself an uncultured brute. And then he hears gunfire, and he's like, oh, something's going on. I got to get in there. And he crosses over, and uh, it says that back in Weathering, he'd often patrolled at night watching for trouble. So this is kind of familiar in, in a way. So he lands on a roof, and he sees some guys down hiding behind a pile of boxes shooting at the constables who are wearing their distinctive domed hats, and they're shooting back. And so he decides he's going to help out. This is his chance to do something of value in this city. So he drops a bullet casing down and launches himself down there right into the middle of things and raises his gun, sights on the first of the thugs, and then he hears a woman whimpering, and he freezes. He just sees Lessie and the blood and the shot, and he can't shoot. This poor guy needs therapy. He really, really does. I don't know if they have therapy. They should. Although, it, it really <laughs> seems like with people who can directly manipulate your emotions that uh, they might make good therapists to help you uh, do things. And he almost gets hit. He almost gets shot because he freezes and the thug does not freeze. But uh, his he has his steel bubble up and so it deflects it a little bit. So he takes the bullet goes through his coat and just barely misses his ribs. And he says, oh, Harmony, and pushes himself back out. And he's sitting up there like, idiot, fool. He'd never frozen in combat like that. Even when he'd been green, hmm. never. It's a real bummer. Right? Yep. 
And he decides he's going to try to help again, but that at that moment, the, the men in uniform swarm in and take the guys, and he's like, he's telling himself, no, I could have fired that time. It was just the one time I froze. It's fine. And it wasn't even a woman whimpering. It was a gang member who'd taken a bullet already. So he feels like kind of an ass at that point. Maybe it's just a really, really high-pitched sounding <laughs> wussy injured person. You I mean, never if you, know. If you're maybe, just, the, say, maybe the bullet got him somewhere that causes the voice to go a bit higher. <laughs> maybe. Or, or. I feel like if you're just making like whining, whimpering noises, it's probably hard to tell gender in the first place. Yeah, true. I don't think anyone is whimpering in like a deep manful uh, way. <laughs> so he heads back home to Ladrian Mansion, his ancestral home, and his carriage has already come back. Uh, he says, "Not surprising, they were getting used to him." Apparently, this is the kind of thing that he does a lot. It we didn't, I don't think, know that until now. When he was, it, he made it sound like this was like an exception where he was like, "No, I just can't take it anymore. I'm going out." And then now it's like, oh, yeah, this is just he, he keeps doing this shit, which between that and like, yeah, his, his dissatisfaction with city life in general uh, tied to his trauma over what happened to Lessie. And it's like, why do you even come back? Like, it really seems like he probably would have just sunk into a depression at the bar out in weathering. Right. I don't know if he I mean, I if they like live together or whatever, then it might be the kind of thing where like, I don't ever I don't want to be in this house anymore. I don't want to. Ah, yeah. OK see all the places we used to go together or our friends together or whatever. It's like, I just can't, it reminds me of her too much. That's fair. And he had a very convenient excuse where it's like, this happened kind of coincidentally with this letter coming from back home. So it's like, Oh, here's a way out where I can get away from things. Yep. That makes sense. And five months later, he's like, damn, this place sucks. (laughs) Uh, So let's see. I, I, I like he takes it takes a random shot at lurchers. It's like coin shots have to learn precision, unlike their cousins, the iron pullers, also known as lurchers. Coin shots have to yeah, be those, delicate and careful and accurate. Yeah, those punk bitches. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that we I, maybe we saw once or twice lurchers before. I remember a thing about how like they directed coins or whatever to hit metal plates or something. I think. Yeah, it was like um, when. When you had coin shots throwing coins, the lurchers were there to pull them away from their targets. Yeah, but it's just I feel like it's not a kind of misting that we had almost any experience with in the first uh, series. And so him just randomly taking a shot at them here is kind of funny. Well, I was like after reading about him and his, you know, like changing his weight and using that to like drift around stuff, I thought, oh, okay. Now, what would happen if a if a lurcher had that power? And I just imagine this guy just sitting down in the middle of the street, turning his weight all the way up and just pulling a building a building down. Right. In my mind, it's it's like uh, it's like the laziest power ever. You're like you just sit there and you whatever you want, you're pulling it towards yourself. Oh, imagine it's like they want they want to hold up a train, so this guy just sits down next to the tracks, and when the and when the train goes past, he pulls the engine off the tracks. <laughs> Or, you know, just like uh, there's a big bag of money on the train. He just pulls the bag of money off. It's like, that's mine now. I guess that's more practical, but not as cinematic. Somebody's pulling out money to pay for something, and you're like, nope, mine. <laughs> and so uh, he, he comes inside through like a, a door on the balcony, and his butler's uh, hanging out waiting for him, holding a big candelabra. And hey, Alfred's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, Master Bruce. Master Waxilium. Don't get, get this confused with Master Wayne. That's someone else. 
<laughs> exactly. But he's like, uh, your bath is drawn, my lord. He's like, you didn't ask. I didn't ask for a bath. He's like, yeah, but considering your night's entertainments. And then he takes a little sniff and he's like, hmm, gunpowder? And Wax is like, uh, yeah. He's like, I trust my lord didn't shoot anyone too important. This guy, I don't know how to say his name. Tilom, Tilom, Tilomi. I don't know. I think Tilom, I think. So uh, he's uh, he's disapproving. He's just standing there staring disapprovingly at his uh, at his boss, undoubtedly thinking that Wax's disappearance from the party had caused a minor scandal and it would now be even more difficult to get a proper bride. He didn't say he was disappointed because, uh, after all, he was a proper lord's servant. And Tillum is just like, uh, shall I draft a letter, of apo- a letter of apology to Lady Set, my lord? I believe she'll expect it, considering that you sent one to Lord Stanton. And Wax is like, yeah, okay, go ahead. And he's, he's beating himself up. He's like, I'm acting childish. I'm acting stupid. What am I even doing? And then uh, the butler's like, can I speak boldly for a moment? The city has a large number of constables, and they are quite capable of their job. That they're in their jobs. Our house, however, has but one high lord, and thousands depend upon you. House Ladrian is one of the most powerful in the city, at least historically. In the government, Wax represents the interests of all the people his house employs. They also have representation based on their guilds, but Wax is the one they depend on the most. If Wax doesn't do something to fix the situation with uh, how poor in cash their house is, it could mean jobs lost, poverty, and collapse as other houses pounced on his holdings and seized them for debts. So that's a fun, uh, this, this this is an interesting way that stuff works here. What the hell did his uncle do? Right? He's like blew all their money on coke and whores? Or I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he just made a bunch of bad business deals. Yeah, you know. So he takes his coat off, puts it in the trunk, puts his revolvers in also. They weren't his only guns, but they represented his life in the roughs. And he tells the butler, take it away, put it somewhere. And the guy's like, okay, I'll have it ready in case you need it. He's like, no, take it away. Put it somewhere safe, but put it away for good. And the butler's like, the butler says, yes, my lord. And he sounded approving. And Wax thinks that's it. Wax the lawkeeper is gone. It's time to be Lord Waxillium Ladrian, 16th High Lord of House Ladrian in the fourth octant of Elendel City. And that is the end of chapter one. And we do go six months later uh, when we go to chapter two, like Joe said. But we'll uh, we'll leave that for then. Maybe that can be uh, that we can pull that into predicaments. What do you think is happening uh, in the story that is just skipping us to six months later? So, uh, yeah, let's do that. What do you guys think? I feel like, yeah, he's going to give it a red hot go of being the high lord that he's supposed to be. And he's not going to do terrible, but he's not going to be very good. And it's not really going to pan out for House Ladrian. Like, I thought the way they've set this up is the like in the end, the story is going to have to be one where he, you know, he learns to you know, forgive himself for what he did to to Lessie. And that means he's going to have to take up the guns at some point And he's going to realize like the high Lord thing isn't it's, it's not necessarily what he's meant to be. Like he, like he can, like there'll probably be like an Ellen thing. He'll learn to do better at it. But in the end, he's still a lawman like at his heart. So I think that's where we're going to go with this. Okay. That makes sense. And I, I, I like, I like uh, your thought on like, that that the, where the story going is he has to forgive himself. That's uh, that definitely makes sense. He's really, really not. Uh, he's be beating himself up about what happened, which he, anyone would be if you uh, oh, were yeah. trying to shoot a guy and shot like uh, the woman you love instead. So yeah, yeah, perfectly realistic reaction, but yeah, like fucking brutal. Uh, predicaments. So I think in the next 
five, well, was it six months time gap? And we just had a five month time gap. We're almost coming up on the anniversary. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think he's going to try and he's going to try and do his best to put the Mistborn coat, Mist coat away. But yeah, he will, he will have to pull that out, obviously, at some point. I think there's going to be more to bloody tan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even though he's, He's dead. We, yeah, his his ability to move Lessie into the way it definitely, yeah, definitely smells like Adium in there. So I don't know if we'll find out a bit more about Adium. Maybe maybe there's some sort of crime going down involving that as well. <laughs> She's talking to me and smiling at me. <laughs> um, and because Tam was going on about they're all puppets and all that sort of stuff. Um, maybe. Maybe he has a spike, had a spike, could see somebody. I, I don't know. I think more about that's going to come into play and perhaps Wax will have to investigate it. I'm really hoping that we see Wayne soon. I reckon I'm just going to throw it out there as a bit of a wild thing, but maybe Wayne is actually a Mistborn, like legends tell of old. But I think we will see a Mistborn somewhere. Okay. Yeah. That's really all I've got this early stage. There's a Mistborn hiding out there somewhere who's going to show up, even though everyone thinks they're just legends. So are they going to be like, good yep. guy Mistborn or bad guy Mistborn? <laughs> I don't know. Probably good guy Mistborn. We'll go good guy right. Mistborn for now. Good guy Mistborn. Sounds like a band <laughs> name. Was it good good man good man Menace? Was it? Oh, uh, yeah, Menace. Goodman, Goodman Menace. Goodman oh, Menace. yeah, Goodman Menace. So, um, yeah, I, I like what Jamie said about the possible adium use by uh, by old Bloody Tan. So it would be interesting um, if maybe he's part of like some kind of cult or something and then more of them start showing up or or, you know, like he's he tried to stay out of it. But six months on, there's some weird disappearances in Ellendale and he's like, oh, no, it's adding up. It's the same thing. Like these, somebody's doing this again. And so then he has to spring into action, even though he doesn't want to. So that that would be really interesting. I'm interested to see if there's any other characters. I, I'm sure there will be that are descendants of people that we know. And I'm curious to see if like if we see Marsh or or any other characters that are should be dead, but you know somehow are not. So yeah, I'm excited for the possibilities, uh, but I really, I, I'm really kind of enjoying so far not knowing where where uh, this one's gonna go. So hmm. um, I'm excited uh, to see see what's gonna happen. All That's right. pretty much it. Fair enough. Let me take a look here. So for next time, and uh, we already 10% of the way through the book. In case anyone was wondering, yeah, that it's was 10% short. It is pretty wow, short. Wow, yeah, it's a short book. So how many weeks is this going to take us then? Ten I think weeks? I, I think I have it scheduled out at nine. Nine? Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, actually, this section is the shortest section that we're going to read. So they get slightly lengthier after this one. But for next time, we're going to be reading chapters two and three. So the next two chapters in The Alloy of Law. Hmm. Well, maybe that'll mean things will move more quickly since it's so short. Well, you'd think, right? Like, it, you, you don't have time to, like, build up for half the book before your stuff actually starts to happen. When, right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting. Yep. Yeah. No new emails. No new reviews this week. 
So, music by Miracle of Sound. And uh, as I said, the new song is Through Life and Loss, which already seems appropriate given just uh, what we read in this one section. Yeah. He's going he's going through some shit. And the two chapters for next time and we're going we're getting already going to be getting I think it's another 10% uh for the next section even though it's longer. I guess you have to include like uh in this first 10% of the book it's like you know the the dedication and maps and all the title all that other stuff. So uh, right right I never considered that was part of it. I just assumed that the percentage wise was purely just the text of the book itself. Okay. So yes, thank you everyone. Two chapters for next time. Very excited to get back to Skadrial, back into a very new and different sort of story that I think it already, uh, just from what we're saying, it's got it's it's shorter, it's going to move faster, it's already feeling different from the original Mistborn books, at least to me. So yeah, I love these. It's there. I think that these are a lot of fun, and there's always debate about uh which of the two eras that are out now or is the better era in the fandom and you know you got purists who are like no you can't get better than this original trilogy and other people are like oh no this the second one's great and so it'll be interesting to see what you guys think when we get through i mean it's not complete yet the last one's supposed to come out in november uh so which uh that'll be a couple months after we finish these if everything goes according to schedule so we may have to come back and do the last one kind of after we do something else but anyway okay we will have, i mean i assume that we'll have weeks that we have to skip or uh, other stuff going on between now and then so for all i know it could end up kind of evening out but we'll see we will see when we get there so yeah. thank you everyone for listening and wasing to the time of next colo when we lose everything that defines us can we hold to the promise that binds us and carry on into tomorrow's sorrow